Today's gospel is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their crosses and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Good morning, Lake Nokomis Lutheran. Thank you so much for inviting me to come and give the sermon for y'all today. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and jump right into it. So in this gospel, there's quite a bit of suffering going on. Actually, even in the Jeremiah reading, um, there's touches on suffering with talk of unceasing pain and incurable wounds. But in the gospel text, Jesus speaks of his own suffering to come at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes. What I think is especially noticeable about Jesus's suffering is that it is at the hands of the powerful. We talk a lot about power and organizing, but most people don't really think about how power plays out in nearly every part of our lives. From the personal power we use and the many decisions we make throughout our days, to the ways in which powerful structural systems affect what we have and how we live. In Jesus' time and place, the elders and chief priests and scribes held significant power, as of course did the Roman Empire who eventually executed him. These powerful figures and entities caused suffering for many people and not just for Jesus. The powerful and privileged in US society today looks a little different but the system functions in familiar enough ways that Jesus would surely recognize it. The world's wealth is held by very few and many live in poverty. There is a criminal justice, justice system designed to murder and enslave black and brown bodies and a healthcare system created to make money more than it is designed to help people. And that's just a few ways that we would see suffering. In today's gospel, Jesus is the one to suffer. In this country, in this time, who is suffering? When power is so unequally distributed, who suffers? To most of you, I'm a stranger. So before I tell you a story, let me give you a little background. I am the Congregational Organizer for Racial Justice at the Minneapolis Area Synod. I usually pass for white, but come from a mixed race, multicultural background. My mother is of German descent. My father is Ho-Chunk of the Winnebago tribe of Nebraska. My adopted brothers and sisters are all Anishinaabe and Latino. And my husband is a black man from the south side of Chicago. 
Because I do racial justice work in the ELCA in Minnesota, I spend a significant amount of time talking with white folks about whiteness and how it plays out in the church and the broader world. These are important conversations for me to have too. I personally identify as mixed, but present as white to the average passerby. There's a lot of power and privilege in passing, in whiteness, and we hide that truth from ourselves so well. As an example, a few weeks ago, my spouse Chris came home from work and was rather angry. Apparently, as I was driving around, the taillight in one of our cars fell out completely. Now, the car had been in disrepair for a while, so this wasn't shocking to me. What came as a shock was how angry he was about it. He kept saying, how could you have not noticed it? Don't you look at the car? And the answer is no. <laughs> Why would I walk around my car and look at it before I drive off? So the taillight's broken, so what? We'll fix it, it's not a big deal. To which he responded, what if I had been driving the car? What if Chris didn't check the car every time he drove off somewhere? As a black man, you can't give the police any reason to pull you over. Interactions with the police are life or death matters for black men. Had I been pulled over for a broken taillight, I probably would have been given a warning and sent along my way. That is privilege, it's power. And not having to check my car before I go out is privilege, pure and simple. In our gospel reading, we can identify Jesus as the sufferer, the oppressed by today's standards. And Jesus says, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. Jesus tells his disciples to deny themselves. Now, I'm not a biblical scholar or anything, but to me, that means quit doing stuff for personal gain. Let go of your pride, your wealth, your power, your privilege. Maybe today that looks a little something like dismantling white supremacy, the systemic evil that gives privilege to white-skinned people. That doesn't mean that I'm gonna start thoroughly checking the car before I drive away, but I will fight for a world where Chris doesn't have to do that either. Jesus then tells the disciples to take up the cross. Again, I am by no means a theologian, but I really feel like Jesus is telling me to share in lifting the load. The cross is heavy. It takes work and we don't need to do it alone. That doesn't mean I'm going to cry and hold on to the guilt some feel just because they were born with pale skin. It means I'm going to work hard to become an anti-racist and end the oppression of all my siblings. It means building beloved community and working together toward that end. Jesus then says, follow me. I'm going out on a limb here, but if in this gospel, we're reading Jesus to be the oppressed, and in our context today, those who are oppressed are black and brown folks, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it look like to follow our black leaders, our leaders of color? And can we do that without first denying ourselves and taking up the cross? It is a well-known tidbit of information that Jesus was a big proponent of justice. Frankly, he wasn't real quiet about it. If we follow Jesus, we are walking a path of justice and there's no real way around it. At the Minneapolis Area Synod, we have taken the path of justice pretty seriously. It is the reason we started to use congregational organizing to lift up diverse leaders and create real change in people's lives. The point I was making about justice in regard to to oppression based on race could have been argued with a vast number of lenses. 
It could have been gender or able-bodiedness or sexuality, and the list goes on. Which is why our organizing staff of four people at the Synod have several areas of focus. Our economic justice organizer is working on the issue of predatory payday lending. Our environmental justice organizer is working on water justice, as well as inclusive financing, so folks can make energy efficient updates to their homes, regardless of wealth. And as the racial justice organizer, I have been working on two different issues. I'm helping to build a coalition of faith communities in North Minneapolis to prevent gentrification and displacement. I have also established a team of synod leaders called SOAR, Strategic Organizing Against Racism. This team is starting a new campaign, working to restore the vote to returning residents with felonies on their records and end collateral sanctions. Because of the police brutality that led to the murder of George Floyd, congregations all over our synod, from St. Michael all the way down to New Prague, are starting to engage in racial, racial justice. I have the pleasure of helping some of them along on that journey. I'm glad about that, but I'm also heartbroken that it is happening at the expense of a man's life. How can we, as a church, work for justice all the time without being prompted by the loss of life? Our church, this church, needs to follow Jesus's path toward justice all the time. It's time to set aside our privilege, take up the cross, and follow Jesus down the path of justice. Alleluia. Amen. <laughs>